Hey y'all, this is Tiffany here. I wanted to let you know before you listen to the episode that today we're talking about the craft and because of the nature of that film, we're going to be talking about a few difficult topics. So I'd like to provide a content warning here, some general trauma as well as sexual violence uh, and slut shaming, suicide ideation and racism and mild racial epithet. Beyond that, it's a really great show. We have an amazing guest who joins us, our friend of the show, Cyrus Hampton. So we hope that you enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, a podcast where in four academicals talk about pop culture and I don't know, other things. I forget what we usually say here. It's, uh, hmm. Something about how editing Degrassi. <laughs> now we don't have well, to say start again. Yeah. And, and ready? Everybody say three, two, one at the same time. Three. No, two, let's not do that. No, again. no. Okay, oh, that didn't work out last time. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to that bleeping podcast. A podcast we're in for. <laughs> I like it. Beep. Take three. I bind you, you, Tiffany. (laughs) I bind you against doing harm to yourself or others. (laughs) All right. We're all in the same room, folks, so bear with us. Uh, Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, a podcast wherein four academicals talk about and love and hate on, that's the thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, all things pop culture. Uh, Normally, we talk about Degrassi. Today... We are doing a very special episode for you. Wherein we talk about the craft, which four of us in this room have just watched, and we have a guest today who watched it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Well, some of us had seen it before, but some of us were seeing it for the first time. It's very cryptic. Also, this, this is radio. They don't know if he was here or not. Yeah, it's true. Okay, he was so he was before, here the whole time. Before we start, two warnings. Uh, we are going to do a full recap of the craft, so if you have not seen it, pause here and go watch it. Uh, we will spoil. Because uh, we're going to spoil it. And second of all, we we sometimes say dirty words. Uh, I'm Tiffany Salter. I am a professor of Asian American and Pacific Islander literature and also graphic narrative and science fiction and cartoons and other such dweeby things. All right. Uh, I'm Sonic Gabbard. I teach at Ohio State University. I am the layperson on this esteemed panel. I don't know, Jacinta. Um, being a political economist, not a culture person. But I was maybe a little bit goth back in the day, so maybe that's what I... No, okay. Um, no, I'm just a fan. <laughs> oh, and BT Dubs, I have never seen The Craft before today, so oh. this is Tiffany speaking. Never oh. seen The Craft. BT Dubs, I this is probably the 12th time I've seen it. <laughs> I know it inside and out in an intimate way. I'm Brendan Shaw. I'm a professor of African-American literature. I also study popular culture. When we do, this season we're usually doing Degrassi. It's interesting that with Degrassi, Tiffany and I are the Degrassi divergence. We're also the two people that haven't seen The Craft. Yep. So we're just continuing on our streak of losing our virginity along with you all. Our our experience guides. I'll turn it over to you. Thanks, friend. I'm Jacinta. I'm the one that's not a doctor yet. I study TV, film, and pop culture. I've 
So I watched The Craft a lot when I was a kid. I did not have censorship in my life. And I watched <laughs> The Craft a lot, but today was my first time watching it in probably at least 15 years. Oh, wow. Ooh. And today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Mr. Cyrus Hampton. Introduce yourself, Cyrus. Hi. Uh, I am buddies with all of these lovely people, and I also... Uh, teach English and occasionally get to teach African American literature and weird pop culture things. And uh, I, I remember, I think the craft spawned for me a strange religious awakening that ended in in uh, atheism conversation with my very angry father. So <laughs> the, craft, the craft has a really good place in my heart. <laughs> well, so we're going to start off with a recap. I don't know who feels most qualified. Cyrus, do you want to take it? <laughs> well, I, I don't know how detailed. I mean, like, I already, we don't have to do So it. here's the thing. Like, there are so many, like, if you've ever seen the craft, then you know. But if you haven't, there's just so many things that occur that are inexplicable in this I mean, movie. I would say <laughs> the big picture. Right. Unless you wanted to go with an no, inexplicable. No, no, no. I mean, yes. But also, the, the sort of baseline plot, there's a girl... Sarah, Sarah, right? Yeah. Sarah. Mm-hmm. She um, moves from San, San Francisco to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And when she moves there um, with her dad and her stepmother, who we see like once, she meets these girls at Catholic school, eh, of course, um, who are witches. Um, and these girls are sort of outcasts in their school. And there's this popular guy. And he doesn't get along, well, he doesn't get along with any of them, but he particularly doesn't get along with the main witch, uh, Nancy, who uh, is, is is unique. Um, and so at first, Sarah doesn't get along with them either, but then they end up all being friends and decide to sort of dive headfirst into all things witch. That coven life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> As one does. As one does. And basically, um, Sarah... And the other two girls, Bonnie and Rochelle, are very much like, you know, just sort of interested in the witchcraft stuff because they think it's cool and it can help them with some of their problems because they've all got problems in their lives, of course. <laughs> but Nancy is is on a power trip. She wants all the power, unlimited power, as it were. Power of Manon, uh, who was like the everything you could do the math for no i I shall not do that um nancy wants all the power and eventually um this leads to um some people getting killed and as as one does in these sorts of situations a lot of 90s films are all about like people (laughs) getting killed right right teenagers Uh uh-huh it's always a date rapist though so i'm not mad at that Uh, not in heathers but you know (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, at any rate. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you so, didn't warn me about spoiling the Heathers. <laughs> so, so, basically, what this ultimately comes down to is Sarah and Nancy have to have a showdown, go witch versus witch, see who's going to be victorious in this witch power struggle in Los Angeles. It's also a Mean Girls story. It's yeah. a high school story, so yeah. likely said we have the date rapist. <clears throat> There's some mild racism 
there's the uh, fact that there's pretty high key racism, but in like one I mean, scene. it's mild racism in the context of the movie. <laughs> yeah. There's only one black person in the movie, this and she true. bears all the racism. Yeah. It's true. I mean, the because movie. the showdown between Nancy and Sarah is also a showdown for like who's in charge of this circle of friends, mm-hmm. right? And as is in so many of these movies, like once they started to get what they wanted, like. Nev Campbell. So also we should say in terms of nineties casting, you have Nev mm. Campbell, you have Robin Tooney, and, and Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell mm-hmm. would have been the most popular because yeah. she was on Party of Five. You have Skeet Ulrich. This is the same year as Scream. So you have a lot of that all happening. You also have all the like, oh my god, witchcraft. It's also the post Satan scare yep. Satanist scare. Yep. yep. So we're still, we're coming in right at the end of the height of the satanic. When is Lost Boys? Is that within this area? No, that's like 80s, isn't it? There's there's also, uh, I can't can't forget Rachel True coming, coming, is she coming off of uh, Half-Baked? No, this must must, must be before 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 Half-Baked. And this is right after Empire Records, so Robin Tooney has not become... And our racist is Christine Taylor, who we were talking about. (laughs) Christine Taylor. Yes, yeah. yes, Christine Taylor from Hey Dude, oh, yeah. which I loved. Or wasn't she in the Brady Bunch movie? Yeah. Yes. Yep. She's, yeah, she's Marsha. Uh, she says my favorite line ever. Sure, Jan. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also Zoolander, so, yes. which is very important yes. in my life. R. And Dodgeball. marriage with Ben Stiller. Yep. I mean, That's I feel like she's there. coming up on top. All right. <laughs> she come out as, a, as a, on top as a super racist. So in wait, the, oh. in real life? Oh no, oh, in, no. The, in the film. Maybe. Like, wait, maybe she's drawing on <laughs> real life. While we were watching the movie, we were talking about the end of it because she was married to Ben Stiller till t- last year. Oh, um, but I still feel like she's gonna come on top. She's gonna be the Courtney Cox and the Courtney Cox David Arquette. Courtney Cox was always the Courtney Cox. <laughs> 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 so true. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that, I mean, they're, they were in very different spheres. This is true. I don't think they were even really competing in the same area. <laughs> I do want to imagine the person who looks at that situation is like, you know, I think David Arquette's really going to come out on top of this one. He's going to be the one who everyone connects with and yeah. finds likable and mm-hmm. has That's a big career. That's also all Scream's fault. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're in all of them. This is also pre. What's the lesbian film that Nev Campbell's in? Wild Things. things Like three years later, two years later. So first I had to think lesbian film, and then I was like, "Wait, do you mean Wild Things?" Okay. Full disclosure: I've never seen it. Lesbian as as defined by like a thirteen-year-old, way too excited boy. Yeah, Yeah. right. I don't think that is an accurate read of the film. I thought there was like a lesbian relationship. As defined by relationship is maybe a stretch of a word. So just two straight girls kissing. Mm Yeah. Oh, okay. In a swimming pool? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a swimming pool. Um, yeah. Well, because there's the scene. I've never seen the film either, <laughs> okay. but I know this scene. And where, she like, knows it's not Nef- a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where Neff Campbell is coming out of the pool, yeah. like, on the, like, pool ladder. And... Wait, wait, guys. When you kiss someone, that doesn't mean you're in a relationship? I think this movie has taught us no. Sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie? I've been in so many relationships. <laughs> yeah. All the kissing. When you kiss someone, it does mean you're in a pool, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Oh. I thought the Mean Girl stuff was the most interesting mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you kept saying it was about, it's weird because it's not really about female sexuality because they never get to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. 
It's just about them using a lot of metaphors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of filling. I mean, the most, the most <laughs> filling with the power. <laughs> Fill me with the power. The most positive, all the positive physical connections are between the girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I expected there'd be more of. Although it did make sense that there wouldn't be that much more of, because it's quasi mainstream 1990s. It was very teenagey in that way. That's why it made total sense to me that at a certain point the girls just are like, we used to like Robin Tweedy, we don't anymore. In the next scene, it does escalate. There are several pacing issues in this movie where yeah. things escalate fast. And then it's not like the payoff is that later something awesome will happen that we, needed, we need to get to. Well, there's like three different times where like the skeet, there's like a scene with Skeet Ulrich where it goes from like, lighthearted to bad and there's a scene with Nancy and when they're driving when the car it's the car scene I think that's supposed to be the turning point but just with the stoplights yeah and like and Robin well uh Saren is trying to be like the power is getting to your head yeah like trying to be like okay let's be reasonable about this and and Nancy's like I don't want to be reasonable so I missed a couple of lines because I was looking up Chinese zodiac information (laughs) at that time (laughs) what no because, because we, were trying to figure, we were trying to figure out what sign we were, and I was like, I would be an Earth sign because, like... We were trying to figure out which craft character we should be. Right. Because oh, Jacinta oh. doesn't want to do spells with I, us. Okay, well, first of all, there are quizzes that you can take to fulfill that Oh, I'm definitely thing. Earth. I'm Earth. I'm no, I mean Earth. to tell you which craft Oh, oh. The more important spiritual oh, question sorry. here. sorry, okay. Which craft I, character... But, like, before I even Hulk? took that quiz, before I even take that quiz, I already know I'm getting Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, like, and I have, and I did. Because oh. I already know that going in. <laughs> like, is, is the entire question for that... Are you, are you black? <laughs> I, that, that might be on the list. <laughs> uh, Actually, I thought it was your diving career. That's why. <laughs> oh, I can't swim. Which witch from the craft are you? Okay. I'll just be, I'll be, I'm going to continue with the conversation. <laughs> but I, I'm going to be over here too. Okay. I mean, of the, the other thing that happens in that driving scene is there's like five times in this movie when Sarah has clearly seen movies and no one else has. Because there's so many things that the people in this movie do that are so obviously if you've ever seen a movie, like wow, maybe if we do spells to help ourselves, that'll come back. And they're like, nah. And she's like, guys, I really think... It's going to come back threefold. Threefold. Threefold, not twofold. (laughs) Magic has a price. It does. What were you saying the whole time, Brendan? The whole time during that movie? What was I saying? (laughs) Oh, Oh, greatest power comes with great power comes great responsibilities. Shout out to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. No, it was so clear this was they were cruising for a bruising. Mm. Oh. Stan Lee as the the shop woman was an interesting Mm. choice. (laughs) (laughs) It really cleaned up well, though. Good. It was really convincing. You mean the magic shop lady? Yeah. With her ambiguous accent? like And her, and her candles? Mm-hmm. Her single light candles? Uh, you light mean one, light her, them all. her music video effect candles? It was very Celine Dion music video. <laughs> she, had the, she had a nice little wind fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, she was ready. And she wore that, uh, that billowy... Was it a sorry? Mm, I don't know what it was. It was. Like she a was wearing a thing. It was almost like a, a Nehru jacket, but not quite. Yeah. In any case, <laughs> like it belonged... Like a Nehru jumper. <laughs> yes. In any case, it belonged on stage at Lilith Fair. Mm. Yes. Along with her hair. Sure. I mean, yeah. most of what the women in the craft wore belonged <laughs> The craft <laughs> as a whole belongs <laughs> yeah. very comfortably in, in the Yeah. 
I like the idea of people cosplaying at Lilith Fair, the craft, <laughs> and they show up to the craft like in or show up to Lilith Fair in the craft outfits, and they're like, "Oh, are you Bonnie?" And they're like, "No, my name is Melanie." Yeah, I, I like the other side of people going to Lilith Fair expecting to see craft cosplay and reading everyone as the character in the craft. That's what I'm saying. And they're like, "No, this is just what I wear." This is just, oh, you're doing the like Menon thing and. You mean Manon? I, Manon. I still can't. So I want to talk about this because it, it really bugs me for years. Again, important place in my life. Religious awakening. Lots of high school, middle school crushes based around this film. And I swore that the name of the god in this movie was Menel with an L. A just deep L. And nope. nope. We watched it Wikipedia just, just told me no. And everyone said no. So... M A N O N Menno. But they like yeah they like they choke on the it's, like, it's yeah. always like a like oh and we're gonna go see Menno. <laughs> it's kind of like a first year grad student talking about Franz Fennel. <laughs> Franz Fennel. <laughs> I love I love to get Franz Fennel on my pasta. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I'm glad you narrated that for us so that the, the listening audience could know what was occurring. Well, speaking of high school crushes, is this going to be, oh, wait, never mind. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I was going to talk about Fire is a Bulk because oh, I had okay. never oh, seen God. this film before, but uh, I might have mentioned earlier to uh, some folks at this table, I did have a very early formative experience watching Return to Oz, which a much younger Fire is a Bulk was in. Uh, and I was, I, I think I was like six when the film came out and my mom took me to go see it in the theater. And what my mom didn't know was that it was super scary for a six year old. I have been obsessed with this film like since then. Mm. And like, I've always liked Farooza Balk, even though she didn't have like a very full career or Not anything. Really. But I think it's pretty much this and like Return to Oz. Waterboy. Um, Oh, I never saw Waterboy. (laughs) That cinematic classic. Uh huh. I never saw it. (laughs) She's also in American History X. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So fucked up in that movie. Where is she in Almost Famous? She's one of the group. Yeah, she. What band aids? Yeah. To flower the child. To flower the child. I also have not seen Almost Famous in like eighteen years, (laughs) or like whenever it came out is like when I saw it, and never again. Return to Oz is nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, I would have been six years old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, like I said at the end, this is the second movie she's been in where she's institutionalized for things that are real, but right. she, everyone thinks she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Return to Oz. I've never yeah. seen Return to Return Oz. Return to so. Oz is, yeah, she's institutionalized because the premise is that nobody believes. It's very 80s Freudian, Freudian psychology. The premise is that she comes back from all that and wants to tell you about Oz and they don't believe her and they think she's crazy. And then she, that's um... sets the stage for her to go back. Yeah, so they send her to a sanitarium, and, and from there is where she returns to us. Mm, okay. So the, the sanitarium is at the beginning of the movie. It's a lot of symbolism. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mangling books. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, interchangeable heads. It's fine. There's Mumby. Yeah, mom. Oh. There's the queen who has the heads that are interchangeable. Mumby. Yeah, oh, so wait, she I has, have seen she has, like, no. she has Was a it cabinet. a Disney film? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, I forgot no. she was in Deuces Wild. I, I, I also forgot that Jesus was. Is that the only that, that sounds like Alicia a song. Keys? I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> What's that? I don't think so. <laughs> what is happening? 
<laughs> We're just now getting into like Alicia Keys but what fan is fiction of what, what movies movie would be better Alicia with Alicia Keys, Keys in it. Is a, an assassin. She's gay, right? Alicia Keys? Oh my gosh. Your girlfriend is not here. To, that's, that's like what Raven would say. Right? Married, that's so Raven. What's that man? Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats. Mm. You know how many people are married to people? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm trying to figure out what movie. I'm Alicia looking Keys. for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will find it for you. What's the movie where Alicia Keys is an assassin lesbian in a, in a, in a, a fake marriage? Smoking Aces. Smoke not Aces. Deuces Wild. <laughs> Both about cards. That's not like, what Deuces Wild is about. In the name. <laughs> threes. Oh, I, don't, like I don't know what you call threes. Game. In, in card I thought game. you meant like greeding cards like that. Like, like, Why? Why? Well, no, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character writes home, Hallmark cards in 500 Days of Summer. How did we get there? <laughs> We're trying to find the Alicia Keys movie starring her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as assassins that write I just Hallmark would like cards. Everyone to know that in <laughs> Smoking Aces, Alicia Keys is Georgia Sykes, the female contract killer. Okay. Also, okay. Taraji is in this movie. So is Common. And Ray Liotta, and Jeremy Piven, and Chris Pine, and Ben Affleck, and Jason Bateman. I, I just keep no scrolling. <laughs> and okay. Wayne Newton. <laughs> All right. But not so. Joseph Gordon Levitt, and nobody makes greeting cards. No. Let's get this train back on track. <laughs> <laughs> interlude yeah. to our right before but right before we attack the final three episodes of the first season of the grass age it's true, it's true. Mm-hmm. well i mean i was wondering if we should air this before or after that before okay give them something a little taste okay a little taste a little taste <laughs> interested of the patient <laughs> so i would say we can go ha- whoever edits this you got it you can go ham on editing out whatever you want uh, or not whatever or not. What the hell I mean, we're, just, we're just gonna like go this is a good segue though into talking about lesser known actors and actresses in this movie that go on to make strange character actor choices Mainly Brenda Strong, who plays the skin doctor. Or uh, Nev Campbell's yeah. character. Um, because Nev Campbell's character has scars uh, from burns. From a trauma that is never, expo- never explained to us, and unlike for, everyone else. And for whatever reason, because these burns are on her like back and arm, somehow this has made her the social outcast. And, and she the quote-unquote ugly girl, which really just means she hasn't figured out dry shampoo yet. And wow. it also means she wears a big coat for the first chunk of the movie Correct. while she has the scars. <laughs> she's yeah. a monster. She actually says she's a monster. Yeah. Well, so what, what all are the other, because it seems like it, the key part to each of the characters is all the different coven members, each of their problems. Well, so, and that's, okay. and that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, so hers is this physical thing. Rochelle's is literally being a victim of racism. gross racism. Like the others have recognizable high school things. Like I feel unattractive. Everyone says I'm a slut. I'm the new girl and then it's like black <laughs> and I swim right well, like yeah, I mean, I'm a black is, diver hers is also like other mean girl right 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 other mean well, they girl kind of divide though her because she's black no she says negroid she, I wasn't gonna say it but she does, but she does say, say, she does say negroid I don't do know to go to Cyrus's point though they do kind of divide into 
the two girls who ultimately this film is ultimately about who fight having extensive backstories right? right versus the girl who just has scars but those are also never explained and the girl whose scar is like i'm black mm-hmm. right and they don't feel the need to explain them at all mm-hmm. rochelle is the one who feels the most bad followed by sarah about yeah. the things that happened to other rochelle's people. the i would say the nicest of mm. of the coven yeah <laughs> she's the nice one well she's and Nef- like... campbell's character never really has i mean also partly because her desire to get rid of the scars on her back is never presented as being not... Like, there's no bat... No one gets hurt. She's flirty, and that's evil. Well, so, okay, so just, like, super quick. Like, when they have their sort of, like, invocation uh, of the North, the South, and the East, and the West, like, Rochelle asks basically for punishment uh, against... um, Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor... Leslie, Leslie, oh Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Lizzie, yeah, Lizzie, 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 Lizzie. Um, Lizzie. the means to him girl. Nev Campbell asks for to be healing of her inside to and be out. beautiful inside and out. Yeah, so not not for her scars to be healed, but to be beautiful. As outside, as beautiful outside as she is on the inside. Yeah, Sarah asks for this dumb jock asshole to be in love with her. Nancy asks for all of the power. We see bury the lead there. The scale <laughs> of things. <laughs> yeah, the scale of things. Is, so, like, the two that are, like, the sort of, like, power players or whatever also have the most, like, sort of direct negative uh, repercussions for asking what they asked for. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, but on balance, you know, I didn't realize that it was going to end this way by the end. It was like, well, obviously, three of them want very high schooly things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be attractive to myself the way that I feel like I am and no one sees me. I want to get me, get after this girl. Obviously there's the racial implications and I want this boy to like me. Whether or not we like him as the viewer. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's like, I want ultimate power. And then I'm going <laughs> to drink the rest of this chalice. Of blood from everybody. <laughs> yeah. So then at the blood. end, like, because I was like, am I supposed to be on Robin Tooney's side? And then I was like, oh, I guess I am. But the other side of it is, and part of the rivalry, and here's where witchcraft comes into it yeah. more so. The other side is that Robin Tooney's character, Sarah, has innate power. Like, yeah. she yeah. was yeah. born with some sort a, of magical yeah. abilities. And she killed her mother dying. Um, when her mother... Being born. Being born. <laughs> <laughs> her mother... I died, my mother died with me. <laughs> She came out of the womb with a dagger. Yeah. No, uh, so so Nancy is already uh, is already envious of Sarah when she meets her because Nev Campbell's character uh, Bonnie recruits her into their coven because mm-hmm. they she need can a spin fourth a pen- pencil because she can spin a pencil without touching it. And we can. I, I mean, we also say that like Sarah is capable of like seeing that they need boundaries. Which right. Nancy and is Sharon. not capable of seeing. And also, there's also an implication that the other thing in witchcraft is that Sarah wants to be communal. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, at a certain point, it seems like. Because both of them end up, at different points, getting, like, Manon's power. <laughs> at, but Going inside. Feruza Bulk's response is, like, getting rid of everybody. Right. And Sarah's response is, like, uh, I'm going to get rid of the bad one. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to warn you. Because she right. could have killed those girls. I'll let at the you end. all live. And she does. That actually, I forgot that they, that Fruza Balt's character gets committed into mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. a mental health hospital because I, I've remembered her dying. And I also remember um, her, the guy that, that she let, or that 
Sarah puts a spell on. I remember him dying earlier in the film for some reason. <laughs> you just don't remember things, is what you're telling Apparently, me. Apparently, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> okay. So how do you all feel, because we, we've touched on this a little bit, and I it baffled me then, it baffles me now. How do you all feel about our boy Chris, that hot hunk of a gross dude who so much of his attractiveness like the the movie centers on or or sp- spins around like an axis well i think it yeah i think the movie spins around i don't think we're actually supposed to like him we this is what we were discussing when we were watching the movie was whether or not so asana pointed out clearly the relationship he has with Farusa bulk is either he raped her he sexually assaulted her or at least had sex with her in like some sort of complicated there's, consent, there's and, then, and then slut shamed her. Yeah, yeah there's and then murky. There's clearly murky. Consent and they never stuff come out Nancy and say and it, which makes it even more like probable that it is that, and that those are the scars she's carrying as well. Mm-hmm. In addition to being sexualized by her stepfather. Yeah. Yeah, person. definitely. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think because the girls all seem to think he's just dumb. Like they're very clear. Besides. It's interesting that Robin Tooney clearly is the like the one who's in, who just intuitively has magic, basically makes the magic happen for all of them. The thing she wants, in some ways, seems the le- the most trivial, mm-hmm. right? It's not, but also like the most kind of like about punishing someone else. I mean, like I think that initially she has some interest in him, but like after what he did to her, I the thing that I don't understand is like why she would want him to fall in love with her except for punishment for him for what he did. And so like that's a lot different kind of like motivating factor than any of the other girls. But I didn't even think it was, I thought, because there's the scene where like she makes them carry their books and they're, yeah. right? And that's Which is about me, punishing him. It, but it felt like the, the stakes of the punishment were so low. Yeah. It felt well, like she I, wanted to humiliate mm, him a little bit. Because yeah. she thought, but it's interesting because she wanted it to be taken back so much earlier than everyone else. Well, right. Yeah. I got, but because it keeps going right. is the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think she wanted to like him to fall in love with her forever. Right. She just wanted to embarrass him a little bit yeah. out of his control. But then, like, she assumed it would stop. I mean, then there's mm-hmm. two that, the two, like, her and Rochelle both want, both want things that hurt other people. Yeah. And the film very, I mean, to go back to Cyrus's thing, I think initially, I mean, all these movies from the 90s and early 2000s, and even now, have some version of a group of boys who are cast to be attractive to some viewers, but also are clearly assholes. Mm-hmm. And then... Either they're going to redeem themselves or they're just going to get worse and worse, right? There mm-hmm. seem to be like two, or they understand our, our heroine in some specific way. Mm-hmm. But like the film's choice to have the white girl use the racial slur and then to have him be the slut shamer seems to set up, then they're better for wanting, for feeling bad for what they do, except that then his, I don't know. This also gets to the other, other, other thing, which is like the sexual politics that we were talking about. <laughs> of like the fact that he ends up trying to sexually assault her as a result Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. as a result within the logics of the film of her desire to make him always want her yes. and so it escalates like I wondered how it was I going think, to escalate yes but I also don't know that the movie is clear that that's because of the spell or mm. because of him I was unclear too I knew that he was something was going to happen so basically, or the layering so of, for, yeah, for the, the listeners, two. the scene that ha- that we're talking about, after Chris hounds Sarah for uh, how we don't really know how he's long like not this able to eat or sleep. Yeah, he's obsessed with her. It's that classic love spell 
result. He basically goads her into going on a dinner date with him, and she she goes, but it's very clear from the get that he is obsessed to the point where he tries to rape her. Well, they they're at the Holly, they're up in the Hollywood Hills or something like that, mm-hmm. and there's no restaurant. There. There's no restaurant, and she's like, "Shouldn't we go to the restaurant?" And he's like, eh, "No, we're gonna mm-hmm. do something else." So that's the precursor to then the revenge from Nancy. Yeah. Da da da. So this idea of consent and the murkiness of whether this is Chris's true nature or the spell is forcing him to do it, that's what we're talking about. And then I think the layering that we're talking about as well gets more complicated because then ultimately whether the the film can't, doesn't seem to be able to say it, but I think that we are to intuit that the relationship between him and Bruce Abolk was entirely not... Nancy. Nancy was not consensual. Mm-hmm. And the way that flips, though, and the mm-hmm. way that we then stop liking Nancy is that her response to that is to go to a party, corner him when he's exceptionally drunk, change herself to look like Sarah, and then initiate a sexual encounter with him. Not that we should feel bad for him, but broadly, it is still him. He's intoxicated... It's he definitely thinks, not consensual. He thinks well, to someone else. I think. I mean. I, th- I think even even with Sarah, there's some, something they're doing there where consent becomes a part of what Sarah Sarah gets uncomfortable about. Not only his, you know, sexual violence, aggression towards her, but also her own sense of like, yeah. how is she manipulating and taking advantage of him? Like, I, I feel. I feel like that mm-hmm. whole plot line in the story, like his whole character, is to do weird, curious things with like they not they don't have, they don't have the terminology of consent at the time, but like consent sexuality, rape, drugging, slut intoxication, shaming. slut shaming, like like it's all it's all a opening to do weird exploration of that. How far they get with the yeah. exploration gets a little dicey, they're, but been, they're limited by the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> by the whole decade. I mean the other <laughs> thing with the two of them, the two women it ends up being about, is the traumas that Feruza Bluff's character has, right, isn't just Chris, as we said, it's also clearly something with her stepfather. It's also, like, poverty. And there is the point where Rochelle says the great line about her being white trash. She just wants to not be white trash anymore. She just not wants to be white trash anymore. And Rochelle, what does she say? She says something like, I don't know. Something like white. You're just white. You get over it. (laughs) Which is funny, but the class part is interesting when you think about Sarah's character, who she has a lot of issues. She may have killed her mother when she was born. She also lives in this giant house and comes from all this money. From San Francisco money. From San Francisco money. And so the like the contrast is like the really angry girl who, who comes lives in a from, trailer. Lives in a trailer, comes from poverty, and her mother and her clearly, as Sana pointed out, don't know how to deal with money because when they get money they do extravagant things with it, like buy a jukebox that only plays County Francis. And a no <laughs> and a new car and, and they just a go flat in the Hollywood Hills. And so they just go all in versus, mm-hmm. and not to say, obviously, this, the emotional stuff that Robin Tunney's character deals with are, clearly is valid, right? She's dealt with suicidal ideation. She attempted suicide. But that's the contrast, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the quirky girl who comes from poverty. But so, yeah, in, inside of this, I want to play with the idea of Sarah, Sarah the others each ha- are responding to some sort of a need, right? Like, so we know that Sarah does, has dealt with, like, her guilt over her mother's death, her own sort of troubles with suicide. She's dealt with some of that stuff, but then what she's looking for out of the power has nothing to do with that. All the others are directly dealing with, like, mm-hmm. dealing with racism, dealing with uh, sort of... Disfigurement. Fi- disfigurement, and dealing with poverty in an extremely rich place. 
And Sarah's like, I don't know, whatever this random, like a, a, flirt, a flirting with this random boy who I want to get back at, sort of, but that's not clearly what she's going for. It, it's like, it's not, well, it seems, it's, it's, it's a strange mix so up she's end, going for. at the end, when there is the sequence yeah. where, that we were kind of laughing at, where she's like, at the beginning of her V Ferusabolk, Ferusabolk's character has done everything with her powers to stage a suicide that she's going to make Robintini's character enact either by magical force or just because she's going to make her do it with, like, she's just going to be so drive depressed. She's going to drive her to it. And as that escalates and she's, like, crying and running around and for some reason pulling things off shelves <laughs> because she's an idiot and doesn't know where the towels are in her bathroom. <laughs> and then she's, like, down on the floor. And there's snakes and cockroaches and scorpions. Yeah, and, and it just escalates. Yeah. And what I thought, and what became clear through all that is, like, this great power, great responsibility is that she clearly has this innate power that she's not comfortable accessing. And she, even though the whole movie is premised on the fact that these girls couldn't do anything until she rolled into town mm-hmm. and basically did it all for them, yep. right? You see her give them, like... Powers. It seemed to me like the reason... Like, is she doesn't believe that she has the powers yeah. or she deserves access to them. And I feel like the last, like, 15 minutes are supposed to be. I don't think it necessarily works. I thought it was... Because she keeps being, like, down on the ground defenseless. And mm-hmm. thrown by Ferusabolk and thrown by Ferusabolk. And then she like goes into the mirror and comes out of the mirror and suddenly she's like acting like her. And that's when she's like, I have power. So it seemed to me like she didn't believe she could do anything and then she did it for all of them. It's yeah. part of that. I that's a good read. Like, yeah, like a Jean Grey read. Like I'm not that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that's now we've gone to a whole other podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, and but I think that like also if we think about the class politics and who's asking for power and who yeah. uh, who gets to yeah. who gets to channel it and wield it in a quote unquote responsible way and who doesn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like you have you have the uh, you have Nancy's character, Ferrisabalk's character, who does grow up poor and it lives not just it's not she doesn't even live in a trailer she lives like in an rv like it's a very cramped space Mm. with her mother and and her stepfather or step figure whoever he is um and and obviously as we said like sarah who lives in this bonkers like villa like (laughs) um, overlooking the city now that we've been talking about this i'm confused about how all these people are going to the same school it's like because a catholic Catholic school at that I, I mean, I thought, maybe yeah, she has a scholarship, but yeah. it really, I, I am perplexed that these people are friends now. I want to yeah. think about the this the great scholarship and intellectual stuff that Feruza Balk's, I, I'm really all about, go, like, like the, the Feruza Balk's character has all the, the markings of the, like, 80s punk, which is always evil in movies, oh, plus, yeah. plus poverty, plus, like, she's the one who's like, guys, let's do this, plus, she goes supervillain immediately, which <laughs> yeah. had yeah. a special place in my heart, too, so, like, Oh, yeah. I want to champion Fruza Bulk in this movie. No, so, like she, it's, it's great. She's yeah, great. She, I mean, and she's but like, she's mad at Sarah before they even start. Yeah, being yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, because well, Nav can't because Bonnie tells her I found a witch. Yeah, a real witch, and she's like, "Fuck, I'm not a real witch." <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of become friends, but not really. Yeah, yeah. they become she, friends she, in the it's Regina a George, of... Katie Heron uh-huh. way. Yeah, keep your enemies close. Well, and also friendship of convenience. What can you do for me? Right. Um, so like, Sarah or Nancy is like this opportunistic, like wants to have all of the the things that Sarah has, but clearly can't handle, like Which handle it when she gets it. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, Sarah realizes that she, if the only thing she wants is power, she doesn't feel like she has power, even though she clearly does socially, whatever. 
all she does is end up taking the same power that Nancy has yep. and using it responsibly, mm-hmm. which is the like underbelly sexual thing here, which is that she wants to be her. Right. Mm, the same right? white female thing. There's very clearly a like these two ladies want to be each other. Mm-hmm. And there's all the narratives over and over about being inside each other. And Farisa Bulk at the end is like, I'm in your brain. I know what you're thinking. And then she's her own reflection in the mirror. And she's mm-hmm. constantly making them see each other. Plus, if you close your eyes, I, this isn't actually a joke. If you close your eyes and listen to the two of them in that last scene, it's very hard to tell them apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the cadence and tone of their voices. And also their voices are similar in, in timber. Timber, timber, timber. My mother's gonna kill me. Anyway, they're so, it sounds the same. Like they also sound the same. And Robin kind of starts wearing like, darker eye makeup as yep. the movie goes. She never gets rid of that horrible wig. Oh, that wig. There's a lot of hair things that we need to talk about too. Because we always talk about hair. <laughs> well, so the thing I said before we started watching was that um, uh, Robin. It was just coming off of doing Empire Records. If you have seen Empire Records, which is one of my favorite movies, her character shaves her head in that movie. And so she did this movie after that movie and thus had no hair. So mm. she's got a highly suspect wig throughout the entirety of <laughs> the craft. Different, like, kind of style in a couple of different ways. <clears throat> and then there's a sequence in this movie where she's changing her hair to blonde and then back again. And the blonde mm. wig is even worse, but at least fun worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's not clearly a synthetic hair wig like uh, Lauren Lizzie wears when she when all of her hair falls oh, out. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's supposed to read as a wig since we know that she her, all of her hair Because was, all yeah. of her hair falls out because Rochelle put a spell on her. That was, like, that's another thing. That scene, so there's a scene, that party scene where Lauren goes up, Lauren, Laura, I don't fucking care, when she goes up and says, oh, hi, Rochelle, and's like, trying to apologize, maybe not apologize, but, like, clearly she feels bad. wants to connect with Rochelle. Because she, she lost her hair. Because she, she lost feels, her hair. She so now she's not racist, way. question mark? <laughs> or, like, no, I don't know. Like, well, and this is the question I had. Does she... Does she suspect that Rochelle is responsible because everyone in the school thinks that they're all witches? Well, or knows that they're all witches. So, like, is this, like, her sheepishly sort of, like, going up and being like, I want to be your friend because I know that you're powerful and you can make my Which leads to my question or comment at the beginning of the movie, which is this movie wastes no time and ever... There's maybe 10 minutes where you are like, is this going to be real magic? There's never a time when the characters in the movie are like, wow, we can do magic. Besides the light as a feather, stiff as a board sequence. (laughs) But even before that, we've already seen she can spin a pencil. And in another movie, that spinning a pencil, we would have had someone say, oh, you can do that. This Like, someone would have given us a real-world explanation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This movie doesn't waste any time being like, I wonder if the magic is real. It's like, nope, magic's real. Yep. Yeah. No, nope, we don't even care. We're just we're in on the ground floor. You believe it's magic? This is the world well, you're entering. I think, well, I do think there's like them being considered witches at school is sort of like just them being outcasts at oh, first. Because yeah. then mm-hmm. when when she like as in that whole Chris, Nancy, Sarah bedroom scene. He's like, oh, you really are a witch. Yeah, yeah that was. That oh was yeah, funny. no, I didn't mean that the people in the movie, other people. I just mean that the movie, because I feel like usually in a movie about magic, there has to be like, the first half hour, you have to be like, maybe there's a logical explanation, and right. this movie is like, no, nah, nah, no, this is they're real. just witches. They're just also outcasts. Right. 
But can we talk about the term "the bitches of Eastwick"? <laughs> yes. yes. That needs to be one of our squad's names. But the also, bitch. they're just like during that particular conversation with Chris and Sarah, they're in the background smoking on the Catholic school courtyard. And I don't know what school this is. But... There's a lot of smoking in this movie of yes. cigarettes. Yes. yes. Because nineties. Yeah. You could still do that. It was so cool. But no drugs. No drugs. No and drugs. you actually don't see they, them drinking alcohol. You just assume I mean, that they're no, drunk. They, Magic is their drug. Yeah, it is a, very, You like, see, there's yeah. like, when they're on their roof, they have bottles of oh, something. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And the then Heineken. when they're in that There's that grove, magic flask that yeah, appears out of nowhere. They have some, it looks like a That's giant right. medicinal flask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The mo- like a tincture from yeah. the apothecary. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Maybe the they movie got it at that like, store. It's actually their blood. Very mid-90s. And that sometimes it's just like, fuck it. All these kids smoke. They drink. That's not the problem. And other times it's like, we really can't talk about this issue, but we can mention it slightly. Mm-hmm. It like picks and chooses it's R, what it gets our rating for. Because mm-hmm. they can't speak really sexual trauma. They can like tiptoe around it. Mm-hmm. Like like sledgehammer around it is it's, yeah. it's not it's not a subtle movie. No, it's a, but it's they a never hyper, like... they never use the words, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What I mean is like they never use the words in 2018 in this movie. That would be part of like in the moment when there's like talking about him being a slut shamer, they wouldn't say like he gives diseases. They would those same girls that are that smart about sexual shame would be a little more clear mm-hmm. or. The weird use of the very arcane term, right? That's how we know she's racist because they're like, oh, you can't never is... use the N word, right? Which is what would happen here in the real world. Yeah. Actually, she, I don't know why she would say Negroid and not just Black people. Yeah, like I mean, I think it's, I supposed, to, I think it's supposed to. I think like, it's supposed to resonate as the slur that they're using in place of the slur. Oh. That was my read of it. I, I thought it, I thought it was supposed to be clever high school. Yeah, high school I think it's, I think it's supposed to be like some sort of smart, racist, yeah, classy like, girl. Yeah. I'm red so, eugenics, yeah. you know. Like I mean, like I know. I studied um, up yeah. on it actually. Yeah. My ideas are founded in, in books. Uh, there's a She's book real. called uh, Mein Kampf. But also, again, <laughs> Rochelle's like the only black person here, right. so she has to like be the 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 focus of all of this. Yeah. Well, and as Wikipedia told us while we were watching the movie, they added that additional part when they cast her in that role. Mm. She was not. She was written not raced, i.e., meaning they were assuming they would cast another white, white. girl, and then they cast her. So they add that factor. Otherwise, it would just be. A mean girl diving team and then obviously the kid i mean also having it be her and the hair thing is also interesting once mm-hmm. you add in she's also the one that doesn't get any family no because she also talks about she gets a nice she, house before she says the negroid thing she also talks about her nappy hair yeah, and the pubic yeah. hair thing yeah, yeah. And compared so to it's all the hair, hair falling out is satisfying although the, the the blood in the hair was always like yeah i don't understand like it's, she has like a bloody scalp yeah i don't like it, it looks like she picked sores yeah in her head. wow that was that's is hair picking yeah. Oh. It's the people who have like a yeah a compulsion. What's the difference between that and people that eat that lick and in, inorganic things? That's that's a that's different. Pica. Thinking about 
magic and magic used as I like that magic isn't I don't think of it as a character so much as as Brendan was saying it's a it's the universe they're in the universe of magic whereas I was thinking about the other film that comes to mind when I think about women doing witchcraft in that era which is practical magic mm-hmm. which like is a later. character mm-hmm. right like practical magic is a character in that there's a lot of or mid magic to is. late 90s witch things mm-hmm. happened Definitely. A couple years before Charm, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Lilith Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and is that... Okay. <laughs> is Lilith Fair 98? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think of it as part of a particular kind of, like, 90s feminism. Like, yeah, there like, all yeah. seem to be reclamation, ways to talk about... Reclamation of power. Working yeah. through, like, and, and all these po- power. And yeah. Buffy, Buffy's not about witches, but there are witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, totally. Too. I have not watched Buffy. I mean, I've watched an isolated episode so here or there. You, that's going to be the next thing we have to do after <laughs> Degrassi. <laughs> okay, well, I was about to say part. that I've watched the film with Christy, Sw- Christy oh, Swanson, which yes. is also fabulous. Christy, which is fabulous. And I was just about to ask, like, I don't remember there being any witches in that at all. No, but that is very much a 90s on. film about, like, yeah. a super the supernatural and also, like, a woman finding her power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also being an outcast and yeah. trying to fit mm-hmm. in and being bullied by the cute girls. But having a very great sense of fashion. Obvi. Yeah. Speaking of fashion, this movie is fashion goals for me right now. Well, it's always Even, like an undercurrent in my fashion, but every character's outfits, with an exception of this one dress that Nan- or Sarah wears that Brendan didn't like the undershirt. No. I agree. I don't like that color Sarah lavender. Sarah in general makes the worst fashion decisions in the whole movie. I, I, I think I think consistently. Yeah, I agree. She shops at Express because we mm-hmm. see her bags yeah. yep. in the last scene, which mm-hmm. you know that's still around. We need to talk about the Sarah or the Nancy um, Sharon Osborne look at the party, <laughs> <laughs> which is long black layers and layers of things. I but it's all black, so you can't like tell, and then. This hair, this mom, this like burgundy dyed mom hair that is Sharon Osbourne, and she looks very much like a witch, but like not in a high school cute way, and I don't understand it. No, it's very confusing. It's very, you know what it is? It's suburban, edgy housewife still. Like, I feel like you could So Sharon Osbourne. Yes, no, exactly. Like, you could go, and she's like the, not the cool mom, but she's the like, Maybe been divorced a couple of times, Mom. <laughs> this is not divorce shaming. I'm I'm divorced. But it's more like she's <laughs> Disclosure out. I know, right? Well as I, I said that it's like not that it's bad to be divorced, but like, you know, the ones that's like fuck conventions, I'm gonna dye my hair black with red streaks in it, but still drive a suburban. She reminded me of the theater teacher at my high school. Ooh, exactly. So, because the theater teacher at my high school wore the cardigans that are open, that go to the floor, mm-hmm. that are huge and drapey, which is kind of, she has one of the layers when she goes to the party is that. Yeah. Because it provides this sort of swoop factor. Yeah. Because she walks to the party and the other girls take a taxi. And, and, arrive, yeah, at, and arrive after her. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how long they waited or if she just like levitated there. Yeah. I like the idea of them getting a pizza before. Like, <laughs> because they're, she goes to leave and they're like, no, don't do it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but then she leaves anyway. And they're like, well. Sidebar, while we're talking about mom hair. 
This is not relevant to anybody here except that my mom agreed this summer I get to dye her hair purple, yes. and I'm very excited about this. So I want I want to put forward uh, I want to drive completely out of my lane uh, uh, and put forward a, a fashion history possibility. <laughs> Do tell. I don't remember this hair that we conceive of as a very mom hair, and I agree, it's very mom hair. I don't remember it being mom hair in the time. I remember it wasn't. No, so, I don't think it is. What if the craft is the turning point of mom hair? <laughs> Especially naughty mom hair. First, the naughty moms wore I, the craft hair, and then other moms were like, "Maybe I want to be a naughty mom too." My skin yeah. crawls when you say naughty, <laughs> but I don't know what. But no, no, you're totally right. Because like, I remember like in uh, 1999, my the boss that I had when I worked at MetLife had the sort of like. It's almost like my hair right now, which makes me kind of shiver. But like, had the I'm the the shag no the shag <laughs> that um, was spiky just down at the bottom. Okay, but you I just want to add justified. to this that which much is, as I like the trajectory that Cyrus is suggesting, isn't the inverse of it Meg Ryan's hair yeah, in I a was, series yeah. of films in the nineties? Yeah, yeah. So which that, is, yeah. I don't think of that as being like that but, is. But that's the because the flip to me, is very Meg Ryan, which is what I assume bosses were emulating. Well, so, like, what I'm... No, I mean, she was very young, the woman that was my yeah. boss. Um, but, like, what I'm what I'm suggesting is that the hairstyle I'm thinking of in particular is the, like, exact middle, like, uh, of, like, the Meg Ryan and the Feruza Balk in that scene. Which I don't think... I don't really think they're that far away from each other. No, I know. No, but I'm just saying... it's the color. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the color <laughs> yeah. and the styling. Because Meg yeah. Ryan is the caramel streaks that we saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Meg Ryan. Yeah, because Meg Ryan's hair is pretty blonde, like buttery blonde. The yeah, whole, yeah. there's like differing versions of brown and blonde. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. as like in later. But what Meg this? Ryan. No, but what all of this means like is that, that like <laughs> what reads as mom hair now is women my age that have the same <laughs> hair that they had in the '90s, and that. Hurts me deeply. <laughs> well, as long as you don't go into the Apple store and start yelling, then I think it's okay. I was told by Apple Care. <laughs> as someone who used to work for Apple Care, please don't. I mean, oh, I did Lord. yell at my phone company. Wait, so, like, is that I, what naughty moms do? <laughs> I mean, I do think Cyrus is right insofar as this is the kind of movie that has a like an internet nostalgia, which tells me that it's hitting people in their late 20s through the 30s to even maybe early 40s right now because you can see from the internet when things become nostalgia rememeable and there's like an uptick right Mm -hmm. right it's like primed to be like bought by one of the streaming services and then they'll have a campaign to tell you now we have right and they'll niche market that's every halloween though like, it does, the crap still gets a lot of play on the streaming sites around Halloween. But it's not Like, with um, Hocus Pocus. I don't know if it's on any streaming sites. It has it been on Netflix. I know that. Yeah, it was on Netflix for yeah. a while, for sure. I recorded it from Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be a regular part of their yeah, rotation. Yeah, I was saying, if it's on Stars, <laughs> that means it's on Stars like eight times in a row for ten weeks, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it's like 20-something was it 96 22 yes that's that's right about right place for that and also they keep talking about rebooting it as one does please don't i'm sorry are you familiar with my dissertation i know well (laughs) i am but maybe maybe our audience is not it's about television remakes 
there's I mean, I, it's a thing. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the remakes that they are remaking Charmed and Sabrina the Teenage Witch mm-hmm. because it does talk about what it means if if we're in another moment where we like the idea of magic as an ultimate force that the people who are outsiders can tap into and like the Charmed reboot. Well, the but yes, but the the new Sabrina's not no, going to be light. Yes. <laughs> and the, well, is it going to have a Riverdale handle? Like, is it going to be it, it is, yeah. yeah. It's those people. And the 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 Charmed reboot. I mean, well, we'll see. But it is. Um, they're adding more uh, diversity, <laughs> so, <laughs> as as these things tend to do. And, and then the so, Roswell one, which is an also yep. somewhat in this lane of this era yeah. of like. Outsiders who are doubly outsiders is going to involve They're, immigration. The, yeah. And the new Party of Five, too. Um, yeah. There's but a that new has Party nothing, of Five? They're, they're rebooting Party of Five. That and has nothing to do about spirit. It has to do with Neff Campbell. But, yeah. but it does. That, there's that. Mm. But they are going to be, instead of um, a family of kids whose parents die, it's going to be a family of Latino, like a Latino family, and they their parents get deported. Okay. Um, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it depends well, on who's running that's it. Yeah. Timely. Yeah. That, I mean, that sort of thing. Like, the Charmed is is there um, a, a Latino family, too, in the in the reboot. And I think one of them is queer of some okay. variety. I don't remember what it's... I mean, it's about time that there's some queer witches that weren't just on Buffy, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, and like, why are you <laughs> Because that's one of the things... Queerness and witches? How unlikely. <laughs> well, I mean, that's never mentioned. Also, like, the, we're never really... They never explain what on is and, like, mm-hmm. the whiteness of their witchcraft. And, like, because I read that as, like, a very... Yes, it can be universal in that it's, like, the elements. But, like, in that time period, that type of witchcraft, to me... Re- reads as very white now yeah it's, it's it's a little it's a little like a little more serious crystal magic like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i, I even though there are yeah. people that like incorporate different types different sorts of like investments in elements and the earth and da, 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 well da, and da, da, yeah da, da, da. i feel like if this movie was rebooted there'd be talk about like santeria or and there'd be talk about well was a wiccan yeah okay yeah. as i saw which is part of why she was interested in making this movie love it thinking of nev campbell is interesting too to think about this is one because the nostalgia films right split two ways one is is like thinking about when you go to nostalgia films, there are people in those movies that, like, this is their moment. And then there are people where, like, they just keep working. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I feel like this film is sort of, this is a moment for a lot of these people. Most, a lot of this cast, if you look up their Wikipedias, which I do look them all up, The Craft is one of the, like, like you know, like, most well-known for the cult mm-hmm. classic, right? Nev Campbell's in a movie this summer with The Rock, though. Well, Nev Campbell's in a lot of stuff. I mean, Nev Campbell is, like, the most... Probably the most consistent yeah. of all yeah. of them yeah. as far as like a career. Like some of the people have sort of gone in and out and popped up and things mm-hmm. and had like smaller things. Like, I mean, Rachel True's done a bunch of stuff, yeah. but it's never been like big mainstream TV shows and movies really. I mean, Robin Tooney's biggest thing was that CBS show, The Mentalist. The Mentalist. Mm. Yeah. Which made a lot of money. And then Christine Taylor was in all the those comedy movies. Yeah. Like everything Ben Stiller touched yes. for a while. Yes. But yeah, this is definitely... She's the, on the up and up. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> but like this is so Nev Campbell would have been she's on Party of Five at this time. She did this, she did Screams the same year. All and then she did another stream and another stream mm-hmm. and another stream and Wild Things. Wild Things. That lesbian and movie. I don't think that's an accurate <laughs> that lesbian romance for the t- all times. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> the Carol of the nineties. <laughs> oh. oh eminently memeable within queer communities. Everyone's always talking about it. I, Robbed the Oscars. Just I, like Carol. I, I haven't seen Carol, but I feel like uh, that's not accurate. No, it isn't. <laughs> It is not even it's a little the same bit. plot line. What are no, you talking about? They're both not. about white women. I've read the, you <laughs> read the, <laughs> the I've read the story. <laughs> almost only white people in salt. Yeah. yeah, I've read the Price story, but I've never seen them. Price of salt, yeah. But they are both about white women who kiss each other. Pretty much yes. I feel like that's a lot. I, think I mean, isn't that also what in both Cruel movies? Intentions was about? <laughs> yes. yes. Is Cruel Intentions and Wild Things not the same movie? <laughs> Cruel <laughs> Intentions involves incest. Yeah. Oh my and God. Lisa, and Lisa Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah. Step in And Sarah Step Michelle Gellar. Who was Buffy and Full Circle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Colorblind. Colorblind, the song. Oh. It's oh. playing on the escalator scene. Oh. I, I don't know what one. you're... T- I don't know. The Counting Crows. You just go Google. <laughs> but yeah, okay, Cruel Intentions is a remake of Dangerous Liaisons. Le Liaison mm-hmm. um, Which is a remake of a French film. Yeah. 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 And, uh, a, and a novel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a question. So, you know how in the 2000s, like late 2000s, we were, in, we were going through a vampire phase? Yes. Do you think we're going to head into a magic phase because of American Horror Story? Coven. I feel like it was a little late. It was a few years ago, but like the like with the Charmed reboot and with but uh, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, I mean the Sabrina thing is like 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 you know they're just capitalizing on the success of Riverdale. I mean, which makes sense, right? And then like the other things, plus nostalgia. There's just there's just dissertation about this. I think we're in a nostalgia phase. But nostalgia Not crossed magic. with either of kind of wokeness, whether it be like legitimate, like legitimate, like reconsideration or like wanting to look like you did the thing again, but you found some people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think are the sort of two poles of that. Yeah, and some the, queer folks. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the whole there. Now, there is a whole thing about like fantasy right now. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. more broad. Right. Mm-hmm. Than just yeah. witches. But there's like a lot of fantasy media books Movies, TV shows, all sorts of. Mm. That seems to be where YA is going, which means those people right. want movies and then are growing up, and then of course now adults read YA, right? Or always have, mm. but like are more like visibly doubly yeah. focused, right? Books. Mm. I do think that there is like a a way that the superhero boom has switched also to fantasy magic stuff, which is where the Marvel movies are going. Riverdale is an offshoot of the comics, which leads to Sabrina. It does mm. feel like those are all sort of like... Well, I mean, they are all comics adaptations, yeah. right? Yeah. And comics are sort of haphazardly everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there does seem to be more magic. I think the coven was in a moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that American Horror Story moved away from that much magic mm-hmm. for a while. And is now doing like, gotten super dark and been about like politics right mm-hmm. they did do 
was it like ABC a few years ago did like in Eastwick or whatever? Yep. With Jenna Dewan Tatum. Yep. Not Tatum anymore. Yeah. She's just so Jenna, just Jenna Dewan. <laughs> um, and somebody, it was one of them channels, The Sisters, mm-hmm. which is, that was like a few years ago, but it was only like two seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With what, Juliette Binoche? Yeah, that's sounds. Or no, no, no. She had a chocolate terrarium. She had a chocolate terrarium. (laughs) (laughs) Give this bitch a chocolate terrarium. Um, Wasn't she a chocolate? Yes, she was nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't Julia Pinot. She was Julia Ormond, who was not in Chocolate. Who was in the The remake of uh, Sabrina. The French lady. And she was also in the other. The the, there was the show she was in, which was no, I'm the English that. Patient. No, nope, that's the, also Julia Binoche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're oh. not talking about her anymore. Oh. Julia Ormond. She's who we're talking about now. Oh. Um, <laughs> who was in the remake of Sabrina with Harrison Ford? Which is of East which is End fun. is the show that Julia Ormond. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. was. The, I did like the bitches of Easter comment. There's no way any of the people in this movie, except maybe the actual witches, have ever seen or read the witches of Easter. Right. <laughs> There's absolutely no way that Skeet Ulrich's character has any idea what the witches of Eastwick is. Mm. Uh, it was hilarious, but it was definitely like there's a couple of moments in this movie where you see like the the seeds of what we think of as like the twenty like the way that all teenagers talk in the twenty tens on television, where they're like, I watched all these movies from the eighties and seventies and sixties and fifties and I just zing 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 and that moment I was like, it's hilarious, but it's not. You've never mm. seen that movie, Tommy the Cast. Unless maybe they because they were hot, but I don't think it would have But I think that like I'm not, like, you know, a great cross-section of America at the time <laughs> or anything. But, like, I know that, like, a lot of my friends had watched all of those movies because, like, you just had fewer options. And, yeah. like, that was the shit that was on television yeah, all the time. Yeah, which is an Easter Yeah, yeah. I watched internet, it when I was, yeah, yeah I, watched I watched it when I was a kid. I watched the terrible Scarlet Letter movie on television when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarlet well, Letter? in, like, high school. I mean, yeah. just, like, there just wasn't as much cable, there, yeah. you know, and so, like, you like, I just remember watching a lot of, like, those old... This was pre-reality movies. TV, too. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we like, had more hours of programming that needed to be filled instead of, like, right. every Real Housewives franchise, every, you know, I mean, the real world was just show. starting to come mm-hmm. on right. when I was in high school. I think I think the first season of the real world was when I was in ninth grade. It was, so. like, 92. Oh, my God. Oh, was it 92? about Harry Potter. Yeah. That's magic. M- middle, I was in middle <laughs> school then. And there's another series, right? The... the- Harry Fantastical cats, American animals, and Fantastical people who love cats, them. American yeah. animals, the 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 Fantastic Beasts, yeah, <laughs> American animals, and the people that love them, <laughs> same same. It's close enough. Anyway, it's where a British lady trains them to be good Zoe animals, rabbits, good pets. I don't know. With rewards, you don't yell at them. I do like it, which is a beast like. It's such a bonkers movie. I haven't seen it in so long. I don't remember anything about it. I've never seen that. Okay, so my question, because I think we're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, What element would you guys be? I'm Earth. I'm like, I'm triple down. We get it. You're on Earth. (laughs) God. But who does that make you? Yeah, who was Earth? Was it Sarah. It was, I think it was Sarah. Mother and Earth. That's what she says. Yeah. I don't want to be Sarah, but I do want to be Earth. (laughs) You're kind of a Sarah. I told (laughs) you. 
That's a, that's a nice turnaround on that one. What? I I'm serious. I don't want to be Sarah. She wins. She's the, she does she's win. The, she does win. The man. movie, at least, in the logic <laughs> of saying, the movie, she's better. But also, like... I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. You didn't kill your background mom. Background-wise, like, like, growing up, I'm more of a Nancy. Mm. Well... I already told you I'm Rochelle. <laughs> so what element is that, then? I don't know. Water, probably. I don't she know. She dives. It's yeah. that, that's the oh, obvious one. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Which one are you? Heart? I don't know. It's <laughs> like Captain Planet. Well, there's only four cardinal directions. He can be Minon. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be Minol. You all can... On the pizza. On the pizza. Okay, so then what does that make you two? I mean, I think you would probably be Bruce Falk, obviously. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you movie. can take offense, but also... The whole movie, you kept saying that her fashion was your fashion. Yes! Uh, yes, I said, she's number one, Barbie's number two the whole time. My hair, we agreed, naturally looks like mom hair if I don't do anything to it. But when I took the BuzzFeed uh, quiz while we were recording just now, I am Bonnie. I feel like I'm Bonnie. I think that's pretty clear. Wait, what's the button? Now we all have to take the quiz. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is the the response I got. Oh, no. No. It got rid of my... So you would be Bonnie? You're kind of a Bonnie because you're super sweet. By process of elimination. But well, also, also, you bring people in. You're yeah. a con. You're a social conduit. I do have back me. Oh, it's not the same though. You well. could be Breckenmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> or that other guy. Yeah. That third. other guy. He's in stuff. He's in SVU. Well, he's dead. But he <gasps> went on to. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that like that. Like he IRL dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But he went on to um, play Al. On One Life to Live. Oh, oh that's what he He does play a, a suspect on SVU. But no, I do think I would be Bonnie. Okay, Bonnie yeah, is, Bonnie. you've been wounded badly by something in your past, and Ooh. it's up to you to not allow that to take over your present. You must also fight the temptation to think that appearance is everything. There's good inside you, and it's more beautiful than most people will oh ever know. Oh, my God. Aww. Can I, I be the dead mom? I somehow got Nancy, and it says that I don't have a dark side, but I chose murder as my vice. <laughs> also, Nancy has a dark side. Yeah. Did you? Oh, make, oh, oh, so much you of, I should have read the less the rest of that sentence. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't have a dark side as much as I am a black hole. So that works. Oh. There we oh go. That, that seems more fitting. I was I was thinking Nancy, Sarah, confusion. Somehow somehow the names didn't stick. Shout out to BuzzFeed for giving us the quizzes that we need to <laughs> fill these holes in our lives. Meanwhile, Jacinta's I mean, just reading the death part of the Wikipedia. I just was trying to remember. It was it was How a car died. crash. I thought it was a car crash, but I had to like look it up. Who's a car uh, crash? The other the guy that I was saying. The one who was the neither Breckenmeyer nor Breckin 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 Oh, other guy. Oh, oh, okay. He um the one who was on One Life to Live. Okay. I feel like Skeet Ulrich also has like consistently worked as well because he was in that he's like a series of shows that all have a couple seasons 
like one of the CSI's or lottery show. Yeah, and he was in like Jericho or some show with a name like that. I thought that was that was it was another one. It was another one exactly. (laughs) And they're both hot dads on Riverdale. They're really hot dads. (laughs) That's true. When Skeet Ulrich showed up on Riverdale, I was I died. <laughs> because the, it is my favorite of the parent child pairings. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you really know good. that Ski Ulrich's real name is Brian Ray Trout? <laughs> I also would have changed my name <laughs> to Don Gummer. Don Gummer. I would have been Skeet Trout. Skeet Trout. That's like a that's like a sporting event. Yeah. <laughs> if you're that's, lucky. That's when you shoot trout. Yeah, and so we need who is your favorite or and or what was your favorite thing? Uh, Skeet Ulrich's teeth. They're so great. They are. Sasana pointed out how no one in this movie has oh, fixed teeth. I figured yeah. I've Wikipedia this now. Okay. Okay. Skeet Ulrich was in Jericho. Luke Perry was in Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. I'm so glad we're friends, Jacinta. <laughs> so yeah, Skeet Ulrich's teeth. I, I do appreciate the, I mean, because Fiery's a bulk, like, teeth are not, like, pearly white. No, and she's, yeah. a, she's a giant mouth, which she is part of, like, her appeal, right? And so, like, you see them a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as someone who also does not have very white teeth, but, oh my God. and so it's done wearing, like, Same. really bright lipstick sometimes. Yeah. So, Skeet Ulrich's teeth. Yep. I'm just going to say uh, Rachel Truth as the resident black girl holding it down yeah. in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Doing good work. As yeah. one does. No friends. Seriously, just a house. You know, no all, family, rather. Because, uh, you know, there's like like a max quantity in every late 90s team yep. film. You can have like one black guy and one black girl and really not yeah. more than that. She <laughs> so, doesn't die, though. I mean, right, right. Which is, which, is, which is good. And there's no dance number. There are no dance there's numbers. There's nothing in which she so. is in some way proximal to rap or hip-hop music, like or, most of these movies. Yeah. Right. right, right. She doesn't lead anybody in a choreographed dance at their... <laughs> she doesn't DJ on the radio <laughs> or over the lounge. That yeah. is the reason my mom loves Usher, though, is that movie. You should let her know what he's been up to recently. <laughs> oh, she wouldn't understand. <laughs> um... Things have taken a turn. In case you didn't know, Cyrus, this is something we do every episode. So, who's your favorite character and or your favorite thing? Inanimate or animate? Um, yeah, it can be anything. The economic situation in the film setting, which allows for a witch-focused store to exist, whose only customers steal from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Run by Leroy. <laughs> On Skid Row in L.A. Yeah. Maybe, oh, is it me? Is you? Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Maybe that guy with the snakes who out uh, sidebar before you get to yours. Good. That guy with the snakes that that was weird makes me uh, so upset only him. because he well they murder him yeah sure but also because that was the only loose thread in a movie that otherwise every single thing leads somewhere yeah and he never comes back right well he got run over (laughs) i know but i was expecting because this movie works such like a machinery of like this leads to this i was like the snakes are important that guy brought her a snake, and it's like, nope, he's just dead. Yeah, he's well, she had been hallucinating snakes. Snake. Yeah, she, she wasn't. What weren't snakes her big fear? Yeah, yeah because also Nancy, that's Nancy's animal. Right. Yeah, yeah, Nancy's animal, her big fear, and then Nancy gets turned all snaky at the end. Yeah, no, yeah. I know, but I, I it's fine. Uh, I already talked about the outfits being one of my favorites. Also, for uh, Nancy's 
lip, black lip liner and hot pink lip. I love. Oh yeah. Such a dated look. I love it. But uh, my favorite thing slash moment slash character interaction is when <laughs> all the sharks are <laughs> wash up on the beach and Nancy said he gave these are my gifts <laughs> Manon gave these to me and like practically kisses a shark carcass and everybody else in the background is like everyone else is like gross about <laughs> that was an amazing moment and they have every shark represented there's like a hammerhead shark a great white shark other sharks that I don't know. <laughs> Tiger shark, maybe. Sure. That's the only other one I know. A baby shark. Street sharks. Street shark. Pool hall sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Pole sharks. There's a low shark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're a shark, you're the shark all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. We need some ballet. Fly above the city. That's a movie that doesn't need to be remade. And it's going to be. It's about to get fussy up in here. My favorite thing is Breckin Meyer's hair. Because it's really good. It is so good. Nancy needs to learn how to do her hair like he does. I mean, like, Breckin Meyer in the 90s had real good hair. Like, in Clueless. And in this movie, now he keeps it short. But... Um, Shame. You know, He's probably losing it because he was racist once. Like IRL or the movie? <laughs> it was a joke based on the movie because the racist. Oh, you know the movie that we just watched on it. I was familiar with I it. I already forgot it. it. Everything's coming up, Christine Taylor. <laughs> She's on the up and up. I think that I'm that... hearing more and more about her. <laughs> That's. The name of this podcast episode? <laughs> everything's coming up, Christine Taylor. <laughs> the craft, colon, everything's coming up, Christine Taylor. Subtitle, yeah. quotation mark. She's on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, Cyrus, do you want to talk about your project? Uh, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cyrus, for joining us. She wasn't talking to you. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I mean, like, in it, you're welcome back anytime if you ever want to, like, <laughs> hey, watch Degrassi and <laughs> hang out with us and talk it about takes, it. I know I'll make it through. I'll just do a teaser for the next episode. And the next episode. Oh, yeah. Next episode, we're doing three uh, episodes of the Degrassi. The last three of the first season. Mm-hmm. The last three of the first season. So we will have a big finale, which mm-hmm. will end with the episode Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> and yes. a thumbnail view of that episode tells me everything I need to know about it, but I won't spoil it I here. I tell you, there's a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> there's a lot of things that happen. And uh, then, including mom hair. But then the way, and then the way that what happens when we go into the second season, be great. Okay. Mom hair. But as always, as always, you can find us on social media. And on, on Facebook, uh, that bleeping podcast, Instagram, that bleeping podcast, and Twitter at that bleeping pod because Twitter doesn't want to give us enough characters. And um, and also soon YouTube. Yeah, soon we will post some things to YouTube. And, you know, there may be a URL coming your way sometime over the summer. Coming when URL's I have... way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, URL's way. Um, Don't forget then... to rate and review on iTunes. Yes, And if please. you like what you're hearing, please share yes. with your friends. Sharing is caring. 
Um, and also, you know, share with us on social media. Say, do more episodes like The Craft or never do it again. <laughs> also, you can reach us at gmail.bleepingpodcast. We'll just keep gmail. going through things that Tiffany and Brendan haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the truth I is, can show you the world. <laughs> yeah. Jacinta and I just want to be experts in everything. And next we'll do mushrooms. You know, so. <laughs> I don't, I'm not no, really there with no. you. She's but, eating mushrooms. I mean, uh, not I mean, those cremini's, guys. I mean, like, like I mean, fungi. Portobello and, yeah. you know, Enoki. Every episode of That Bleeding Podcast is edited by and produced by Tiffany Salter and uploaded by Jacinta Yander. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Enjoy your day. <laughs> and if you're Christine Taylor, <laughs> hit us up. We love you. Oh my God, yes. You're, there's an updraft. <laughs> or crazy TV. I like her. This is just like stream of consciousness now. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. 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 So I.